merciful to the folks back in CBC. I, I can see that. I'm going to have to separate you two. <laughs> I, I bet you did. I bet you did. Okay, tonight uh, I always try to pick something that's a contained story. And I was looking at some of my favorites, and James has taught on those recently, with like in the last year, year and a half. So uh, I came to the old classic, the, uh, the Bible school and Sunday school classic, David and Goliath. So, uh, you know, you can probably shout out and tell me how this goes, but uh, let's, let's look at it, you know. You know, it's so familiar, that I, don't, I don't read it very much. It's like, I know that. I know that. And uh, in my haste, uh, I left my Bible at home with all my notes. <laughs> when I got to the bus, I had a little bus trouble, and I forgot to go back to the car and, and get my Bible. So I'm still stalling. So we'll get, we'll get into this real soon here. And that is 1 Samuel 17. And I, I just want to prep you on David a little bit because David's a fascinating guy. And it was the claim of God that David was a man of his own heart. And we know David had some issues. David had some family problems. David had some lust problems. But David was a man after his own heart. And we'll see this in his motivation after he goes after this giant. Um, David was a real talented guy. Real talented guy. We'll see in tonight's episode that he's a tremendous athlete. Tremendous athlete. Uh, Tremendous poet and writer. If you look at the biggest book in the Bible, which is Psalms, 150 of them, two-thirds of them were written by David. What a poet. He was a prophet. A lot of those things are prophetic that he's written. So this little shepherd boy is really after God's own heart. Um, he's, he's special in God's eyes. There are a couple times when uh, Israel has misbehaved badly. And... Uh, the prophets make this statement, God, why don't you, why don't you just start over? And uh, God says, I would, but I'm thinking of the heritage of David. The heritage of David. I'm not going to destroy this nation because David was a man after my own heart. And David was such, such a good guy and so connected to God that he promised that On his throne, the throne of David, the everlasting king would come and reign forever. Boy, now isn't that a crowning promise? That Christ would come and sit on the throne of David. That that is something. This guy is really special. Um, In the 16th chapter, he is anointed king of Israel. As a kid, as a kid, this is a special young man. And uh, we have the story where Samuel goes and he goes to the house of Jesse and Jesse parades seven sons before him and nothing from the Lord. And the Lord said, I'll tell you when the right kid's in there. 
and you anoint one of these sons. The sons were prayed before him. And uh, Jesse said, I, or Samuel said, Jesse, I've, I've seen seven sons. Do you have any more? He said, there's one more, and he's outside watching the sheep. And get him in here. Get him in here. And it was young David. And David came in, and the Lord said, that's the one. That's the one I want. This kid has a special heart. And they, he, he was anointed. He was anointed to be king. To be king. So this is a special individual. And military mastermind. Big time military mastermind. So these are the things that David has going for him. Gifted by God in, in all these areas. So this is his debut, so to speak, uh, as a young man. So I'm going to take excerpts out of uh, chapter 17, 1 Samuel here. Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle, and they're gathered at Soko, which belongs to Judah. They encamp between Soko and Ezka in Ephtus Damon. I'm murdering those names, but that's, we'll go on with the story. <laughs> and Saul and his men of Israel gathered together. And they encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. Philistines are longtime enemies of uh, those folks in Israel, the Israelites, and they've been at this for a while. Traditional perennial enemies. The Philistines stood on the mountain on one side and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side with a valley between them. A champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. Six cubits and a span, that's tall. That's real tall. Here's about eight feet. Now add another foot and nine inches on that. How big is Shaq? Seven foot seven. Seven foot seven? Shaq is that big? Is he really 7'7"? Seven, seven? Wow. I didn't think he was that big. He's a shrimp compared to this guy. So when you're 9'9 nine, nine and uh, a giant, how broad are you? Are you you're probably 450 pounds. <laughs> you're a big guy. You're a real big guy. So he's, he's dressed in armor and uh, says he had a bronze helmet on his head. And he was armed with a, a coat of mail. That weighed, the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels. That's 125 pounds. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of armor. There are people in here that don't weigh that much. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. Never wove. I, I don't know how big that is, but it might be like a utility pole. I don't know. And his iron shear head weighed 600 shekels. And he had a shield bearer that went before him. 600 shekels is 15 pounds. So this spearhead that he had on this weaver's beam was 15 pounds, and it was iron. You know, that's the highest technology he had then. It was like a nuke warhead. So he was ready, he was ready to go. He's a big guy and had all the tools. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out uh, to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and you are the servants of Saul? Here's this ongoing uh, dispute that they have, this, this uh, low-grade war all the time. 
Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall become our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Then Saul and all Israel heard the words of the Philistine, and they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Greatly afraid. Oh, my goodness. Saul was the king. Saul was the king. He was supposed to be the leader, and here he is. He's cowering with the rest of the guys. And Saul had had a bad run as a king. He was disobedient, and he lacked faith, and God has already announced that uh, his, his kingdom's going to be removed from him. So he, he didn't have much to gain by being real brave at this time, and he's not. And the army is uh, not in much better shape. They're really afraid of this guy. Um, and uh, we will, we'll see that it gets worse. Now David, the son of that Ephrathite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, and who had eight sons. We talked about that a little bit. And the man was old and advanced in years in the days of Saul. Okay, the three oldest sons of Jesse had gone to follow Saul to battle. The names of these three sons, the battle were Eliab, the firstborn. Next was uh, Abadab, um, and the third was Shammah. And David was the youngest, and the three other older brothers followed Saul. It says, but David occasionally went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Um, this is kind of a confusing statement. You need a little history on this. Um, Saul had the king, kingdom taken from him, and the prophet Samuel told him that, and he continued to do silly things, and God put a spirit of distress on him, and they wanted somebody to come and soothe him with music. I forgot to tell you that David was an accomplished liar player, a thing like a harp, and he said, Jesse, has got this boy that can play the harp really good. Why don't we go get him and we'll have him play for the king and it will soothe this uh, spirit of distress. And they got the boy and he'd come and he played soothing music and Saul would calm down for a while. So in all of David's accomplishments, he's a great musician too. Got to mention that. but And he would take leave from the palace and he would go back to his dad's place and do the things that he really liked to do. He liked to be out in the open air and he would feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And the Philistine drew near and presented himself 40 days, morning and evening. He would come out and make this, this claim against them. Why don't you send somebody out here? If you've got any guts at all, somebody, send somebody down here to tangle with me and the winner will take all. He did that for 40 days and, you know, morning and evening. And we're going to move down here in this a little bit. And it talks about uh, a situation where David brought food to his brothers and his brothers kind of give him a rough time. And it talks about some of the men that were there. And let's pick it up again in 24. It says, all the men of Israel 
when they had saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. This, this giant has just got them freaked out. Um, you remember the situation where they're wandering in the wilderness. Moses is leading people to the promised land. And they thought it would be a good idea to send some spies into the promised land to see what was going on. And so they took a representative. They took a representative from each tribe. So they had 12 spies to go into the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. And they went in there, and they looked around, and they went as far as they could in there, the borders of that. And they came back, and they made their report. And 10 people said, we can't go in there. They got giants in there. And they got walled cities. We'll never be able to take them. Never be able to take them. And there were two guys that said, we can take them. Because God already made his promise that he will go for, before us and fight before us. The battle will be the Lord's. And they said, we can do it. We just, we just need to get going. We need to go in there. The Lord will fight for us and we'll be just fine. And the Lord fought one of their battles for sure. He knocked down the walls in Jericho. It was a walled city. Yes, the promise was good. But that was years and years and years later, 40 years later that happened. The report of the 10 spies was a consensus. We're not going in. We're not going to fight against any giants in there. They're too much for us. They make us look like grasshoppers. So we're not going in. And God said, since you didn't go in, I brought you right up here to go in, and you didn't have any faith, you saw these giants, I told you I'd fight for you, and you saw the giants in the walled cities, and you didn't go in. Now you're going to have to wander in the wilderness for 40 years until this generation dies off that had no faith, and your kids will go in, and I'll fight their battles for them. That's the story on these giants we keep seeing. They're terrifying. Nine-nine. Big. They look like a Sherman tank. They're covered with armor. They're fearsome. So it is a real threat. A real threat. They've been afraid of these giants before. Okay, so the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. That's a monetary motivation for this thing. And what do we call soldiers that have a monetary motivation? Mercenaries. Do you ever call them gung-ho? No. Do you ever call them spirit-led? No. Never. They're mercenaries. When it gets a little tough, they might back off. We'll get them again tomorrow. They're mercenaries. That's how Saul was going to motivate these guys. Saul's a real leader. We'll, we'll buy them off. We'll pay these guys to do this. It's not a cause. It will be mercenary at this point. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that should defy the armies of the living God? David can't believe 
what he's seeing and hearing. He can't believe it. I can't believe you guys are just standing here and you're letting one guy down in that valley stop the whole army. Don't you know that you're the army of the living God? You guys have the covenant on your side. You guys are circumcised to identify with God. That was what he wanted Abraham to do years and years ago. This is the sign of the covenant. I will be with you. That guy out there, 9-9, he's uncircumcised. He's not on God's side. He's not on God's side. We can take him. There's that good report by one kid. One kid with some faith. We can take him. And he wants to know what the prize is again. Are you guys going to fall for that prize again? Are you guys really mercenaries? No. We can take that guy. We can take them all. And the people in answer said to him, in this manner saying, so shall it be done for the man who kills him. There's that missionary. Or miss, how did I say that? Thank you. Okay. We're going to skip down to 31. And 28 through 30 is... Uh, Brotherly love here because uh, Eliab doesn't like his brother being up there. It calls him kind of a show-off. And David uh, says, uh, you're always on me for no good reason. But we'll pick it up again in 31 here. and says, uh, now the words which David spoke were heard, and they reported to Saul, and he sent for him. The word got back to Saul. We've got a young guy here that thinks he can, can take him. He's motivating the armies. He's saying things like, I can't believe you're just standing here. I can't believe you'd be mis- uh, I'm hung up on that word, mercenaries, uh, in this situation. So they ta- tell Saul that there's a, a young kid here that's kind of a, a rabble rouser. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. And Saul said to David, You're not able to go up against this Philistine and fight with him, for you are a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. It's just, this is ridiculous, David. He's 9'9", and you're probably 5'8", and maybe you're 14, your arms are about this big around, and uh, he'll take you in, you know, just with the back of his hand. Says, this guy is a trained killer, and... uh, David's, David's not having it. He said, yeah, I think, I think I can do it. I know I can do it. In 34 it says, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when the lion and the bear came and took the, the lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by the beard and struck and killed it. I don't know what kind of lions they have in Israel. I know I tried to take a tomcat out of a live trap one time. And my arms looked like it had been run through a hammer mill. It wasn't pretty. And I left him alone. I later got him. And took him across state lines and turned him loose. He didn't come back that time. He did come back one time, but the, our first encounter was bloody. 
And that, that was a tomcat about this big. Now, a lion. A lion comes into the flock and steals one of the lambs. And David's after him. He's got a staff. He's real interested in these sheep. He's been commissioned by his dad to take care of these sheep. He's serious about his job. And he goes and he strikes the lion. And the lion drops it. And the lion turns on me and he grabs him by the beard. How you hold a lion like this? I held a tomcat like that and I got ribbonized. <laughs> Whoa, wham! This guy's an athlete. This guy's an athlete. He's striking him again to the point where he could kill him. Striking him again to the point where he could kill him. This guy is something. No fear. No fear. My goodness. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing that he defies the armies of the living God. Yeah. This is just like the lion and the bear, and I can take those two. I can work on this guy, too. This guy is an athlete with faith. Athletes in action, maybe. I don't know. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, the Lord be with you. The Lord be with you. Saul is so gracious. Go, Lord be with you. Yes. You just go. You're our last hope. But I, I love this. I'm going to read it again. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Have you ever heard words like that before? When I, when I read that, I thought about Meshach and his brothers and what they said to Nebuchadnezzar after they didn't bow down the first time. He said, bring those boys in here. I want to talk to them. And he had him come in, and he said, now, guys, let's get this right this time. We're going to blow the trumpet again. You're going to see the idol up there. That's, the, that's a picture of me, and you're going to bow down to it, aren't you? Nope, we're not. The Lord doesn't want us to do that, and he can rescue us from that fiery furnace. But if he doesn't, that's fine. Our outcome is good. Our outcome is real good. They weren't afraid. Faith drives out fear. David wasn't afraid of the paw of the lion or the paw of the bear. He would deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. And that next little section talks about Saul giving him his armor. He said, put this on. You're going to need some protection because that's a big guy out there. And he put the armor on, and, and David's 14, and Saul is probably 40. You know, there's a little size difference here. And he put it on, and he worked it a little bit, and he put his, put his sword in the belt, and he said, this doesn't work for me. I, I can't use it. And he took it off. And uh, he's got a little quote here. He says, uh, I have not tested them, so David took them off. He did a wise thing there. Go with what you know. Go with what you know. 
We teach this in uh, discipleship. When you're a new Christian, you've got a lot of zeal, kind of David-like zeal. You, you don't know much about the Lord, but boy, you've got a lot of zeal. Tell them what you know. Tell them what you know. Go with what you know. Okay. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook, and he put them in his shepherd's bag in the pouch, which he had, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. He, he picked up five smooth stones. If he's so confident, why does he need five? Why does he need five? He's he got a five-shooter? Let's, let's load it up. Bam, 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 bam. No, it's a sling. It's got a silencer. It makes no noise. <laughs> well, they, they say in the Bible that, and it's, it's true that he has uh, four close relatives. We're not sure if they were brothers or if they were sons. But he's got four close relatives that may be in the ranks. They're giants also. So, if I'm going to kill one, why not finish them all off? I'll just take five stones. Is what I'll do. Is what I'll do. So he's, he's prepared for the brothers or the sons or whatever the close relatives are. So he's equipped with what he knows. He's equipped with faith. And he's going out after this uh, Philistine, uncircumcised type. Okay. And let's see. kind of lost my place here. 40, 41? So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David, and the man who bore his shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. I forgot to mention in all this stuff I was talking about David that he was good-looking. Can't hurt. Just can't hurt. Okay, so the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. By his gods. He cursed David by his gods. God doesn't like that at all. When he's going to have other entities, supernatural entities, supposedly, enter into the fray. What did he do to the Egyptian gods? They had ten major gods. And they had tons of other ones. There were ten plagues. Those gods were eliminated. Those gods were eliminated. Pharaoh was a god, and the last plague, Pharaoh thought he was a god, and the last plague was against Pharaoh's firstborn. So that broke the chain of that god thing. So God doesn't like other gods. You'll have no other gods before me. And he's going to, he's upset here. He's going to take care of Philistine gods now. Okay. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. i got to hurry. And David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the, ar- the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. God says, I'll fight your battles for you. And David knew it. David knew it. He didn't have any trouble with the bear, and he didn't have any trouble with the lion, and this Philistine's going down too. God is on his side. This, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, 
and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give your carcass, uh, give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth. And all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, a real God in Israel. Then all the assembly shall know that, uh, that the God does not save with a sword or spear, but for the battle is the Lord. I kind of hacked that up. Let me read that again. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with the sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran towards the enemy to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand into his bag and took out a stone, and he slung it and struck the Philistine in the forehead, so that the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out with, his, with its, of its sheath and killed him and cut off the head with it. Cut off his head with it. And then the Philistines saw that their champion was dead. They fled. They fled. Wow. That thing turned around, didn't it? That thing really turned around. Funny he would be stoned. Funny he would be stoned. That was the way God judged people in Israel. He stoned them. He stoned an uncircumcised Philistine too. Wowee. Wowee. Who's he giving the praise to? David, I'm agile. I'm beautiful. I'm, I'm musical. No. Never says that. God. There is a God in Israel that can take care of Philistines, especially when they rail on them using curses from other gods. Wow, wow. This is David's debut. debut. Um, probably 6,000 people on hand for this. He's going to be king. It's a good start. It's a real good start. He's going to be a great military leader. He's going to be a man after God's own heart. And he is just saturated with faith. Saturated with it. Took on a 9-9 guy. Dressed with 125 pounds of armor. He was a Sherman tank. And he went out there with the things that he knew. And what he knew most was God was on his side. What he knew most was God was going to take care of his own name and take care of this uncircumcised Philistine. Okay, that's the teaching for this evening. And I want you to think about some of the things you have in your lives, like lions and bears. They're coming against you. How are you going to tackle those things? Not many of us get a chance to take a swing at a, a giant 9-9. But we all have little things in our lives, like bears and lions and tomcats. How are we going to deal with those? How are we going to deal with those? I'm serious. I'm serious. Yeah, we're going to have to call on the Lord. We're going to have to call on the Lord to do that. Every now and then we get a giant. 
And boy, we got to be prayed up for those. But uh, David said, I can do, I can do just like I did to those bears and, and cats. I'll do that to that uncircumcised Philistine. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you're the greatest. I think I can stop right there, but there's more to say. Um, Lord, that prayer request, all those, and we lift those up to you again for Rose uh, with that serious talk. She needs to give, give her just a, a gracious mouth, a gracious speech, Lord, as she approaches this thing, all done in love. Um, I think of um, all the cancer that was mentioned tonight, Lord, and the family that has to make that uh, decision to take them off life support. It's tough. Lord, give them strength. Please, give them strength. And for our pastor, Lord, uh, give them a great time. Bring them home safe. Lord, we do maintain that you are a fabulous God. Um, be with us throughout the week. And uh, we say we love you. Amen.